This is Sean Mandoli, and you're listening to the Whole Plant Church Podcast. I hope you encounter God and walk in new levels of freedom as a result of listening to this message. Enjoy. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Hopeland uh, Church, and here we are online. Um, great to be here. Uh, I hope you're ready to get into the Word of God, okay? We're going to look into the Holy Scriptures today. We're going to learn about Jesus and we're going to be transformed into his image, okay? And so we are concluding our series. Our focus this month has been a series entitled Recycle, Repurpose, and we've been learning a lot how God uses a lot of things that, that, that we might not think that he does, but he does. He recycles and repurposes. And so today, we're going to talk about repentance, okay? Um, uh, say that with me. Just say that word. Say repentance, okay? Repentance, all right? And so we're going to dive into this and just share some things about how, how much repentance has, has to do with God restoring, with God renewing, uh, with, with God um, repurposing and recycling and our part to play in that is repentance, repentance, recycle, repurpose, repentance, okay? So they have the same prefix, right? R-E again, okay? So that's what we're gonna do. Once again, I hope you enjoyed uh, our worship and and uh, my prayer is that you're ministered to today. So if you wanna turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter three, that's where we're gonna start. We're gonna start in Matthew three, uh, starting in verse one. Going to share some other scriptures and uh, and let's pray. So, Father, we thank you uh, for your holy word, Lord. We believe it for what it is, and we believe as it says it is. It is God breathed. It is infallible. It is inerrant. It is without fail and without error. So, Lord, we thank you, God, that it is true. As you said, Jesus, your word is true. And so we thank you, Lord, that Jesus, you are the word of God and your word is the truth. And Jesus, you are the truth. So we rest our eternal purpose in who you are, Jesus. So as we read this holy word, we approach it as it is. And, and so we thank you that, Lord, when we approach it in this manner, we receive from it. So we honor your word, God. Not the word, not, uh, it is not the word of man. It is the word of God. It is the bread from heaven. So we thank you. We approach it. We respect it. We honor it for what it is. And so we, so we can then receive from it uh, for what it is. And we thank you for it, God. Make us more like Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody said amen? Okay, so here we go. Matthew 3, verse 1. If you're there, say this with me. Say, I am there. So here we go. Okay, we're going to talk about repentance. Here it is. Um, Matthew 3, 1. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Somebody say repent. Say it again, say repent, right? And saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, all right? For this is he who uh, was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah saying, okay, so Isaiah prophesied about John the Baptist and it says the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. So here it is, uh, John the Baptist is a forerunner, he's actually related to Jesus, all right? Uh, and he is John the Baptist. I think sometimes we talk about um, kind of how he's like this wild guy, right? He's, he's um, eating locusts and wild honey and he's preaching repent repentance in the wilderness. And yes, that is all true, uh, that that's what he was doing. But you got to understand too that he operated uh, within the structure he was in. He was, he, his father was a priest. So John the Baptist um, inher inherently, he inherited this. He was born into this. He was a priest. Um, and so he was operating 
and in a sense, I mean, some people say this, that he's the last Old Testament priest uh, slash prophet, uh, being that Jesus had not yet rose again from the dead. So anyway, but he, he is within the structure of, 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 the, of the nation of Israel and, and, their, and their priestly order. I mean, he, this is what he was doing. Uh, obviously, he was at the tipping point of change. He was, he was, he was literally uh, the, the last prophet to prophesy of Jesus. You know, as far as you got Isaiah, you got Jeremiah, you got, you got Amos, you got um, all the uh, Micah, uh, Nahum, right, you got all the prophets, right? And, and they all prophesied of the Christ. And here it is, John the Baptist um, declaring who Jesus is. Isaiah prophesied of him. So here is John the Baptist and his message is, man, Jesus is coming. The promise is coming. The Messiah is here. The kingdom of heaven is at hand, meaning it is within reach. It is right here. It's not some far off thing. It's not some some out there mysterious thing per se. Uh, there, there are mysteries in it. We, we re, it, it the, the kingdom is revealed to us and we walk in revelation and we, 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 it is revealed to us by the spirit of God. But he's like, look, repent. Why? Kingdom of heaven is right here. The kingdom of heaven is right here. And so many times when we talk about repentance, we're going to talk about this today and how this has to do with recycle and repurpose. Repentance here, I mean, just from the onset, you know, Jesus isn't quite on the scene just yet. And he's, this man is saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And in the Bible, many times in, 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 our, in our preaching and teaching and in, in Christian environments and in, 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 in Christian community, uh, when we talk about repentance, I think many times our, our reference is that initial repentance, the turning from our sin, the encounter with Jesus, the, the, the Apostle Paul on his road to Damascus type repentance, which it is that, you know, and then you got um, other people where, where, where Peter, you know, he, he denies him three times and he comes to himself in that, that moment of, 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 of clearly uh, being in a, in a state of deception and he comes to Christ again. I mean, it's, it's that, it's, it, it, you know, we look at it repentance like that or like the prodigal son. The Bible says he, you know, he left his father's house and he squandered uh, all his resources and he, the Bible says he came to himself and he turned and went back. So we, we look at repentance like that. But I, I love even this language here and in the Bible, you know, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And the Bible talks about uh, repentance from dead works. I think the examples I just shared of people repenting in the scripture was is more of a repentance from dead works, a repentance from sin. But the Bible also clearly talks about a repentance towards God, okay? And so here, here it is, repentance is we are turn we aren't just turning from sin we are turning towards god we aren't just leaving darkness we are entering light we aren't just being called out of darkness we are being called into the kingdom of god so repentance isn't just something i'm coming from it's something i'm moving towards it's not some just something i'm coming out of it is something i am repenting into i am turning into god i am turning toward god i am entering an environment of the kingdom of God. You know, I, I am coming into God's rule. I am coming into the space where Jesus is king and I am entering his domain. You know, th that is the kingdom of God. It's where it is the king's domain. Jesus is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. When I repent, I am leaving my domain Satan's domain, Satan's dominion, sin's dominion, uh, demonic dominion, and I am stepping into the kingdom. It is right at hand. When I turn, it is here. It is not far off. It, it is not out of reach. It is at hand. I can literally reach it when I repent. The kingdom of God, all that God is, every promise that God has, it is in the kingdom of God. I am repenting not just from sin and 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 from uh, uh, you know works of darkness and 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 I'm not just repenting from dead works. I am repenting toward God. 
I am turning toward God and entering the kingdom of God. Once again, Matthew 3, look at verse 2. John the Baptist was saying this, Jesus is coming. And he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This is my first point, folks. Repentance is a kingdom thing, okay? Let's say that with me. Say it with me. Repeat after me. Say it with me. Say repentance is a kingdom thing. Once again, let's say it again. Look at somebody, tell somebody, say it loud. Say repentance is a kingdom thing, okay? We, when he said it wasn't just repent, it wasn't just, you know, um, repentance isn't hanging people over a cliff, okay? Uh, repentance is toward God, okay? Repentance is I'm walking into something. It is the kingdom of God, okay? I am in this world, but not of this world. I become an ambassador for Christ. I am a delegate of the kingdom. I am a representative of Christ and his kingdom, okay? So I wanna give you the definition uh, of this word in, in the Greek and the Hebrew, okay? This is the Greek definition of repentance. And many times in, in the scripture, especially in the Old Testament, when it says return or turn, many times it is this exact word that is in the Hebrew. And then, uh, but in the Greek, uh, repent means, it, it's the Greek word metaneo, metaneo, uh, metaneo. So this is what John was saying when, when the, the New Testament was um, translated into Greek. This is the word that was used, metaneo, which means changed after being with. Okay, changed after being with. Changed after being with. Okay, so changed after being with God. Let me say it a different way. Changed after experiencing God's grace and his mercy. Changed after encountering God. So by definition, the word repentance, metaneo in the Greek, is both grace and my will. It is both sovereignty and my decision. It is both and. It is changed after being with, okay? Another definition, think differently afterwards. After what? A revelation of Jesus, okay? Um, the Bible says, you know, when, when somebody's born again, you don't, you don't know where the wind goes, where it comes from or where it goes. Same, or, same are those that are born of the Spirit. There's a mystery to salvation. There's a mystery to godliness. There's a mystery to somebody encountering the love and grace of Jesus, okay? I mean, there, there, we can't just we can't we can't just break it all down uh, on on a linear plane. Uh, you know, when people encounter God, you know what I'm saying. I know plenty of people that have been in so many different types of situations and type of environments, and 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 their encounter with God is a mystery. The Apostle Paul, I mean, he's on his road to kill Christians, and God chose to touch him. Now, did he respond favorably? Yes. So Apostle Paul, on his road to Damascus, repented. He changed after. God knocked him off his horse. Peter changed after God uh, convicted him of his sin and his denial of him, you know? And, and, so, and so we see the fruit of their life after that. So think differently afterwards. It means to feel compunction, okay? It means to change the inner man, okay? That's metaneo. That's what John the Baptist is talking about, repentance. And, if, and, and we, we, we believe, right, that God, we believe God wants to restore. And, and we believe that God, uh, based on his word, based on who he is, I mean, if you just go back and listen to the podcast from this month or, or, or on Facebook or YouTube, all of our, all of our sermons and our, our gatherings are in a digital space, okay? Whether it's audio or video, you can go back and listen. And, and you'll come through this series believing that God is a restorer that God, God recycles, God repurposes, God takes us where we are, right? God takes us where we are, how we are, and, and, and who we are, and he makes something great of our life. But to make something great, we must repent. To make something great of our life, we must turn, okay? And so, so that is uh, metaneo, okay? So here's the Hebrew definition, okay? I wanna teach you something here. Let's say the Greek one one more time, say metaneo. Look at somebody, if somebody's around, you say, you need to metaneo, okay? You need to met. To nail. All right, Hebrew Hebrew word. Okay, is is the word shub in the Greek? Uh, the way you pronounce it is s h o o b or s h u w b shub. Okay, and and this word in the Hebrew is used. The word return is used a lot. The word return and the word turn. If 
If you look it up, you're going to find, and then the word repent. So you'll see different English words, but it's the same Hebrew word, okay? So return, okay? To change purpose and desire, okay? So to change purpose and desire. When you uh, change after being with, right? After being with God. When there is a change, it's supernatural. It's God. It's a mystery. It's like the wind. Like, how'd that happen? But, you know, uh, there, there's a mystery to it. There, there's this. There's a spiritual supernatural thing that happens when somebody's born again, right? Um, you can't even see the kingdom in, until you're born again. So, so born again, all right? Um, uh, you know, Nicodemus didn't understand. He's like, does, the, does somebody go back into the womb and get born again? And he, Jesus was speaking on a spiritual level, born again, right? Repentance, um, changing after being with. And so this word repent in, in, the, in, the, in the Hebrew, shub, is to change purpose and desire that the course of my life changes. The, the, my life changes. I mean, repentance is, is, is comprehensive transformation of my spirit, soul, and body. Uh, it is comprehensive transformation of the direction of my life. It is comprehensive transformation of my outlook, my attitude. Now, do I, am I walking through a process in those areas? Yes, but at the onset, we are changed. We are changed. We are changed. It, uh, somebody that encounters God and repents, they are changed. Now, are we still being changed? Yes, but it is definable. It is not hard to tell that when somebody encounters God, repentance is a kingdom thing. You step out of darkness into light. You step out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the son of his love. You are in a different environment. It, it, God does something in you and brings you somewhere new. I mean, your whole outlook, your mindset, your perception, you, your filter of everything changes. My, 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 my perception of other people, my perception of politics, my perception of education, my perception of purpose, my perception of why I'm here, my perception of humanity, my perception of this world, it changes in Christ. We are changed. Repentance is not um, just some surface, ankle-deep decision to make my life better. No, I have been supernaturally touched by the presence and power of God. God has visited me. He has touched me. I have encountered him. Uh, I, I am different. I am not the same, okay? Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I am found. Okay, uh, you know th th this is this is the grace of God, and so but but our, our you know when we repent, our purpose changes, our desires change. Okay, this speaks of an absolute change in course of action. This is the Hebrew definition. It means to turn, to return. There's a shift. There's a change. There's something different about me and my life and the way I go about life. Repentance. Yes, it's two things. It's an initial returning to God, right? We, we talked about that. But also, but also, it's a lifestyle of continual turning to God throughout life's journey. Okay, so repentance is an initial. There's initial repentance. That's, that, that, by definition, um, anybody that followed God, you can look at the Old Testament, the Old Covenant. You can look at the New Covenant. When Jesus walked the earth, and he, they changed. They changed. When, when, when the woman that was um, caught in the act of adultery and the religious community was going to stone her. Um, Jesus, basically, I'm not paraphrasing here, but he pretty much checked the whole religious community and they all walked away, okay? Because truth walked in. Truth, literally, the truth walked in. And they all walked out, okay? <laughs> because they didn't want to repent, okay? Uh, but this woman, he showed her mercy. He showed her mercy, right? And, and she encountered Jesus. And he told her, go and sin no more. So there was mercy, but there was a change, okay? And so, so this is the heart of God, you know? And th those are powerful moments. And then also, this word means to just turn. Um, it means to turn. It means just to turn. So repentance is the front door of the kingdom. Okay, I mean, if you, you look at the Gospels, right? Here comes John, Jesus, who came to establish the kingdom of God in the hearts and lives of people and on the earth. 
um, at the onset, he said, you know, he was sent to prepare the way of the Lord. What was his message? Repent. Repentance is the front door of the kingdom, okay? People can come to church, but if they don't repent, they, they will not encounter or experience the kingdom of God. They can look at it and, and hopefully it can minister to them and they can, but I'm just saying, without repentance, you, you have no access to the kingdom of God, okay? You, as far as your personal life, right? That's why John the Baptist was like, look, Jesus is coming. Salvation, that's, that's what Jesus means. Yeshua in the Hebrew, it means salvation. Salvation is coming. The kingdom is at hand. Repent, turn, okay? So the re repentance is at the door, the front door of the kingdom of God. It's the entryway to experience all that God offers us in Christ, okay? So here it is. I, I want to encourage you uh, that it's at the door, but it's what keeps us inside, that we have a lifestyle of turning, okay? That, 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 that in life's journey, we are we are, daily, I, I turn to God. This morning, my wife and I got up and prayed together. We prayed for the church. We prayed for the team. We prayed for our community. In that moment, what was I doing? I might not have had that, it, wasn't, it might not have been that initial repentance, but in the morning, when I woke up this morning, I turned toward God. I turned, okay? Repentance is turning towards God. Re repentance is an initial returning to our creator, and it is an ongoing turning to him daily, all right? Repent, repent, right? We gotta take the stigma out of repentance. Take the spookiness out of it. Take the, take like, you know, the, the religious view out of it and say, repent, turn, turn, turn to God. Every, I, we got to look at it like this, man. Every time I open my Bible, I'm repenting. I am returning. I am, I am, I am turning to God and I'm going to be changed, right? When, 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 when we, we we're, we're called to live a lifestyle of this. This is, this is my lifestyle. This is, this is, why? Because I'm human and, and this world tugs and pulls, right? I'm sure all of us can testify here. This world tugs and pulls on us. And, and it'll pull in any in every direction. If, if, if the devil can't get me discouraged, he'll try to get me prideful. If, if he can't um, get me prideful, he'll, get, he'll try to get me lustful. If he can't get me uh, lustful, he'll get me greedy. If he can't, you know, get me greedy, he, he'll, he'll tempt me to be hateful, right? Like the devil uh, is no respecter of person, right? He's, he, is, he is evil. And, and, and he is trying for ways to tempt us and pull us out. And so we need to repent, turn to God, all right? And so here it is. Here's a, here's a quote by A.W. Pink. It says this, the Christian who has stopped repenting has stopped growing. All right, somebody say amen. If there's anybody with you, be like, that was for you. That was for you. Tell him, tell him that was for you today. And then if you're by yourself, say, yes, Lord, that was for me. Yes, Lord, that was for me. The Christian who stopped repenting, stopped growing. You gotta keep turning, right? The, what is this? I, I believe repentance is what keeps us humble. It, it, it keeps us not thinking more highly than we ought, right? If your only view of, of, of an encounter and, and changing is that one time you did, you know, in the, in the, in the by and by back in the day, uh, we're, we're not growing. We aren't going. We need to turn to God. Turn to him. Turn to him, okay? So here it is. Um, we need to continually turn to God because if the devil can't get us in our suffering, he'll get us in our success, okay? So, so suffering is a test and so is success, okay? I, I, I'm talking about your walk with Jesus now. I, I believe God will cause you to succeed. He will honor your hard work. He will bless and favor us. That is, that is true. Uh, but any of those things and every one of those things that he does, the, the outcome, the success, the financial breakthrough, the financial bless, blessing, um, I've seen Christ followers get caught up in their success and they don't repent. They don't turn to God. They, they start to get prideful and think it was them. And, and that, that's just as much trouble. Or you got people that go through a tough time, they're like, forget God, forget God's people, forget church, this is too hard, right? And so if the devil can't get us in our suffering, he'll get us in our success.
But I'm here to tell you right now that God will work in and through us both through both of those. But I'm telling you right now, if you want God to make something great of your life, we need to be a people that that that, that continually and daily turn to him and say, God, without you, I am nothing. In you, I can do all things. Okay, so here's my second point is don't allow trials or triumphs to own you. Okay, let, let, let's be repentant people. Let's be the type of people that turn to God daily, that in our successes and our failures, in the good and the bad, I turn to God. On the mountaintop and the valley, I turn to God. You know, when I have a lot and, and, when, and when I am fighting through lack, right, and, and I'm pressing through lack or, you know, and sometimes people, people are close to God in the struggle. They start getting a little gravy. You know what I mean? They start getting a little flow. Then, then they seem to, they don't pray no more, don't go to church no more, they ain't hanging around believers no more. And their success, the, the deceitfulness of riches, that riches aren't bad, but there is a deceitfulness of it. Come on now, money isn't bad, but the love of it is. And so we need to be a repentant people. All right, the Christian who has stopped repenting and stopped growing, don't allow trials or triumphs to own you. Here we go. Let's look at Revelation chapter three, verse 17. I have a lot of content today, okay? I got a lot of scriptures. Um, and so I don't even know if I'm gonna get through all of this. Uh, but Revelation chapter three, verse 17, and we're gonna read through 18, okay? So Revelation chapter three, verse 17 to 18. This is one of the seven churches that God sent a message to them. And this is what he said. He's talking to the church now. He's talking to the church, talking to Christ's followers, talking to the community of believers. He's talking to the ecclesia, the called out ones. He's not talking to the world. He's not talking to those that don't have a revelation of Christ. He's talking to us, okay? It says this, because you say, I'm rich. I've become wealthy. I have need of nothing. Lord Jesus, all right? Rich and wealthy. It's deceitfulness of riches, folks. It's a real thing. It's in this world. Look at the devil tempted Jesus in the wilderness with riches and success and influence and power. He did not tempt him with poverty. Somebody say amen. I'm not here to take a vow of poverty. Somebody say amen. But I'm telling you right now, riches and wealth, if we don't turn to God, they will get a hold of your heart. And I understand riches and wealth are relative. They are relative many times in the environment you're in. But in the context of your life, your context, if you've come some ways, you've worked hard, you're educated, you've made some progress, I'm saying right now, please, I beg you, turn to God daily because your success, and sometimes your success, praise the Lord for what he's done. Praise the Lord for your hard work. Praise the Lord for your perseverance. Hallelujah. But let's not forget that this is about God and it is him and none of these achievements and accolades and influence and power and, 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 and promotions and businesses and whatever it is you got. Come on now. None of that you're going to take into heaven and none of that can, can satisfy your soul. And look at this. He's talking to the church now. He's talking to the church because, because you say, I'm rich. I'm wealthy. I have need of nothing. And do not know, and do not know, this is what he's saying, you do not know that you are, so you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked, okay? Um, 18, verse 18, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire, okay? Somebody say repent, say it again, say, say, say this with me, say I need to repent. <laughs> I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich in white garments, that you may be clothed that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed and anoint your eyes with eye salt that you may see. What is, he, what is he correlating? This natural, earthly success did not parallel with their spiritual condition. Okay, so material sex success does not equate to spiritual success. It doesn't. Did, let, let me just say this. Where you are and where you've come, did God do it? Let's give him glory. Yes, praise the Lord. But how, how many times even in the, in Israel, when they when they when they got some success, they got some room. They started worshiping idols. When 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 God blessed them, brought them into a place, they got distracted. They forgot. They forgot. So if if unrepentant, come on now, let me talk to you here. If unrepentant success can turn us from God, right? If unrepentant, if we're not turning to God, and and our heart isn't broken before Him, and our heart isn't tender before Him, it, it, it can grab a hold of us. Natural wealth does not equate to spiritual health. Okay, so look at man. I, I I did the Dave Ramsey thing. 
I, I love the budget. I'm praising the Lord, my wife and I. I'm just, you know, I, I, I'm thankful that we as a family are home. We are debt free. Praise the Lord for that. Uh, I'm thankful for that. I believe, um, you know, that that is all glory to God. And, and yes, we have disciplined ourselves. Yes, we are celebrating 12 years of marriage. When we first got married, we were not debt free. All right. But but praise the Lord. I am thankful for that. OK, but but I can't, we can't get into a place of even the blessing of God on that level. And, and we start to get we start to get at ease, as the word says, at ease in Zion and get complacent spiritually. Come on now, we need to stay repentant. Here we go. Here's a quote from, from John Ortberg, okay? Here's a quote. True repentance never leads to despair. It leads to home. It leads to grace, okay? And so, and so let's not allow trials or triumphs to own us, okay? Let's say this with me. Say repentance is a kingdom thing. Say this with me. Say don't allow trials or triumphs to own you, all right? Let's say it again. Say, don't allow trials or triumphs to own you. All right, let's look at this. Galatians chapter five, verse five. Oh, sorry, I'm sorry. Galatians five, verse one, verse one and two. Galatians chapter five, verse one and two. Here we go. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. Okay, stand fast. And do not be entangled. Okay, that's what I'm, that's what we're talking about. Entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Verse two, indeed, I, Paul, say to you that if you become circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. He was speaking um, to those that were trying to push the religious law, uh, the ceremonial law of the Old Testament, no covenant on God's people when we are under grace. Now, yours might not be this specific issue, Culturally, that's what he was confronting. But I'm here to say right now that, you know, the devil will try to entangle us in things. And he's saying, stand fast. How do I stand fast? Is I turn to God. How do I stand fast in liberty? Is I turn to God. And I don't allow those things to entangle me. Okay, this is my next point. This is my next point. Say it with me. Say repentance is where grace is. Say it again. Say repentance is where grace is. Repentance is where grace is, all right? Um, so look at suffering. Like I said before, suffering is a test. Success is a test. Um, let, repentance keeps us centered on Christ, okay? Turning to God. Turning to God keeps us centered on Christ. Even in, even in the Christian community, it is possible that even the blessings of God can lead us away from God if they become our focus. Come on now. I wish I could hear an amen this morning. So don't get too sad when you suffer and don't get too happy when you succeed. And what I mean by happy, I don't mean to praise God and rejoice. But what I mean is that I, in the blessings of God, those natural things, um, we have to have an element of detachment from them that they don't own us. Come on now, I've seen it happen. And, and when you suffer, it, you know, it shouldn't affect us as much as others because we have an eternal hope, okay? Let, let's worship God through it all. Because whether we suffer or we succeed, he is worthy. Whether we suffer or succeed, he is good. Whether we suffer or succeed, he is with us. So to God be the glory because all this can fly away tomorrow. Come on now. Come on, somebody. All right. So, 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 so when we don't draw nigh to God daily, even the good of this world can destroy us. Can, uh, come on now, I, I, I really believe in my heart I'm preaching good today. I hope I get some amens. I hope, you, I hope you share this one. I hope you share this one with all your friends out there. All right, click that share button, somebody. So as good as things can be in the natural world, they aren't as good as he is. As good, as bad as things are on the world, we still have him and he is good. 
okay? Um, let, 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 let's be satisfied in him alone, complete in him alone. Praise God for these things. God put us here. I'm not here to say that this natural world is evil, but if, it, but if in, our, in our heart, in our life, if we don't turn to God, these things begin to be our God and be our focus and take our time and everything about this that we are absorbed in the things of this world. The Bible says don't be entangled in them, right? Let's not get entangled in them. Um, you know, God put us here. Uh, natural matter is not evil, but if we make it a God, that is evil. If it becomes an idol, that is evil. If it means more to us than God, we're in trouble. Somebody say amen. All right. So, so when we're not in his presence, right, nor under his authority, the world starts to taste better than it should. I know I'm preaching good up in here. When we're not in his presence, nor under his authority, the world tastes better than it should. Okay, we, we receive a grace that forgives and a grace that empowers. You know, stand fast in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. You know, that's where grace is, okay? When we turn, there's grace. When we return, there's grace. When you draw nigh to God, he draws nigh to you. You know, that's where grace is is. Okay. Second Timothy two, three. Okay. I'm going to be quick. I'm going to go quick. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go quick here. Second Timothy two, three to four. Once again, second Timothy two, three to four. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Number four, I'm uh, sorry. Verse four, no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. We got to go through life. We can enjoy life. God blesses us. We walk through life. We're thankful for these things. But they, we, repentance helps us from getting entangled by it. It's one thing to live life and enjoy it. It's another thing to be entangled by it. It's one thing to enjoy the, the natural blessing of God and to enjoy the fruits of your labor. But it's, a, and it's another thing to be entangled by it. All right? Because we are spiritual beings first and we must be satisfied in him first. All that other stuff is secondary. All that other stuff doesn't matter. In the, in the grand scheme of things. It is God and our relationship with him. It is the people God has put us around. Everything else is secondary. Nothing else carries that much weight and ought not to because we are Christ followers. Christ is Lord. When we repent, we say Christ is Lord. That is absolute. That is complete. That is total. He is Lord. He is Lord of my life. He is Lord of my spirit, Lord of my soul, Lord of my body, Lord of my family, Lord of my household, Lord of my money, Lord of my education, Lord of my pursuit, Lord of my daily agenda, Lord of my calendar. When we come to Jesus from the onset, it is a confession of his Lordship. An invitation that God, you are God. You are my Lord. You rule my life. Every area. When we repent and turn, that's where grace is. All right? That's where grace is. Here we go. James chapter 4, verses 8 to 10. I'm going to read quickly. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. He's talking to the church. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify our hearts, you're double-minded. Look at that. Draw near to God. We always want to quote that one. Right, we want to quote, because that just sounds a little softer. Right, draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. Yes, that's repentance right there. But look at the context here in drawing to God. We, we, it cleanses our hands. It, it delivers us of sin. It purifies our heart. You know, you know this world has a way of, of, of uh, uh, if, if, we're not, if, we're not, if we're not in prayer, in his presence, under his authority, turning to him, man, we get double-minded. We get it all twisted, man. We watching too much of the news. We're involved in too many natural things that are infiltrating our outlook. And, and, and we are, we are walking in this thing. It is not, it's not that he is Lord. It's that I go to church. It's not that he is Lord. It's, it, it, it's these other things that control our thought processes. Our conversations are more about politics and the news and society and less about him. You know, that, that you know, uh, Luke wrote the, 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 the book of Acts to a man named Theophilus. Theophilus is the lover of God. That's what his name, Theo, God. Phileos, love, the friend of God, the lover of God. We need, 
We need to be, um, you know, walking, talking Theophilus, lovers of God, friends of God, first and foremost. Everything else is, is, is temporal and it will not cross over into eternity. If there's anything holding resonance in our heart, our soul, our mind, our conversation, our life, that is not Christ, anything that's holding that seat of authority and influence in our attitude, in our outlook, we need to repent. Say, Jesus, you are Lord. Jesus, you be Lord. I invite you as you are, who you are, into my world and my life. Absolute, total surrender to his lordship. All right, verse nine, lament. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. All right, the process of repentance, all right, is to feel, by definition in the Hebrew, feel compunction, contrition, brokenness. All right, we don't talk about that a lot nowadays. All right, but verse 10, hum, here it is. Look at the fruit of this. Humble yourselves, this is verse 10, James 4, 10. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. Once again, that was my third point, folks. Repentance is where grace is. All right, my last verse in this, I really um, pray and hope this is ministering to you. This is freeing. This is the gospel. This is this is foundational. This this here is is foundational. This is this is um, the gospel message of walking with God. Our vision as a church is that you would encounter God, repentance, walk in freedom, repentance. <laughs> right? That that I I've tr- I turned, but I'm still turning. Come on, somebody. Look at somebody say, I, back in the day I turned, but I'm turning today, okay? I am turning to God. I am turning to God. I'm turning, all right? Here we go. Matthew chapter three, verses seven to eight, okay? So this is, we started with Matthew three. Uh, John the Baptist came through. He said, man, you know, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And, um, and then he confronts the religious community here. Okay, he says some pretty, pretty hard words, okay? Um, but here we go. Uh, verse seven. Uh, but when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, brood of vipers, uh, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come. Here it is. This is the main point as we're gonna end with this. Verse eight. Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance. Bear fruits worthy of repentance. What is he saying? That repentance at one point is the beginning. Encountering God is the beginning. God's grace and mercy, him touching you, him filling you with his spirit, him, um, however he did it, you repented. And he's saying that there ought to be fruit following that event. There ought to be um, obvious uh, fruit of your life after that event, okay? And so, therefore, bear fruits worthy, okay? Worthy of repentance. So what does worthy mean? Um, It means comparable, that my life compares with the uh, story the testimony that I have, okay? All right, it it literally is a, this word worthy has this connotation of a scale that my repentance, the event, the moment, shouldn't weigh more than my lifestyle. Ooh, somebody say amen out there, right? Because some people got a great story, but their lifestyle does not line up with it. They, 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 they profess Christ, uh, but their life is not appropriated with it. It does not appropriate repentance. Come on now, 
We got to even that scale out that our lifestyle needs to carry as much weight as the God we profess. Okay, so worthy means comparable, suitable, befitting, of like value. Okay, so of like value, of like value, that my life and my lifestyle, my journey matches my story. My journey matches my story. All right. Um, my conversation matches my confession. Somebody say Jesus up in here. All right. That, that our lifestyle carries equal weight to the grace given to us. Oh, Lord. Oh, God. Um, the Apostle Paul wrote in one of his letters that, that we might walk worthy of the calling with which we were called. All right. Somebody say turn. Somebody say repent. All right. So look at um, the greatest. I'm almost done here. Okay. And we're going to pray. But the... the you know, sometimes we look at certain certain things, and we I, we can go back centuries, right? That that the early church fathers within the first couple centuries of of the Book of Acts, they they established heresy because of the writings of Jesus and firsthand accounts of Christ. That they 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 define that that's how we canonize scripture. That the the scripture the canon was sealed because of the heresies of the day. That there was an, a heresy in Arianism. By, by a deceived theologian stating that Jesus wasn't God, right? And he just, and so they saw that this did not line up with the firsthand accounts of Christ, the writings of the gospels, and those that um, um, in the early church. So, so they established boundaries around the word of God. Okay, and so sometimes we can look at those and say, "Wow, that's a heresy. That's blatant." Uh, like you know, and and then even in even in the Book of Acts, there were early signs of Gnosticism um, and and Arianism. Uh, and then later on, you have Mormonism or Jehovah's Witness. Uh, Jehovah's Witness do their in their Bible they change literal words out of John chapter one verse one. They change the word so they don't believe Jesus is God and they've changed it. Their, their Bible is not what was sealed centuries ago. It came much, much, much later, hundreds of years later. So though, you know, but I'm here to tell you right now, we as a church, the Bible says, let judgment begin with the house of God. Judgment meaning justice, justice. Um, God, fix us, do your work in us. And it's so easy. And I, those are just some known heresies that are out there according to even just the apostles, the teachings of Christ and the early church. Those, the canon of scripture sealed, can't, can't add to it, take away from it, right? And so that's true that those, those things are, those belief systems are heretical. What does that mean? That they steer people from Christ, from who he is, who he said he is, and who the apostles have written and the prophets have written said he is. Even you can go into the, into the old covenant and the, the prophets that, 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 that they line up with what is canonized as New Testament scripture. So I said all that to say that heresy leads people. It's heresy because it leads them from Christ. It leads them into a religious belief system that is not Christ is Lord, okay? So, but here we go. I'm gonna say this, that I believe one of the most dangerous heresies is a true Christ believer and Christ follower that does not have a lifestyle that lines up with the faith they profess. Because, why? Why is it, why, how can I call that just a, a heresy, if you will, is because that is what leads people away from Christ, is when we profess and confess a God, but do not have a lifestyle to back it up. This isn't perfection, it is fruit. Nowhere in the scripture does it say the bearing of fruit is perfection, but there's fruit that people can look at your lifestyle, your conversation, 
the way you interact with people, that, that your lifestyle backs up the faith you profess. The greatest heresy is we, when we don't live the life we professed. We must appropriate our life and our lifestyle according to Christ and who he is. And, and we, the Bible says, the Bible says that they will see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, God, right now for everybody in here. Lord, we as a community, we repent right now. We turn to you. We return to you. Lord, we are with you. Your presence is here. And we say, Lord, change us. God, make us more like you. Lord, every other blessing and good thing in this life, it is second to you. Jesus, you are our Lord. Jesus, I pray that you would be glorified in and through our life this week. We invite your grace, your power. God, help us. Holy Spirit, grace us. God, favor us with your presence, your love, Lord, your, your anointing. Lord, we can do nothing without you. We choose to do nothing without you. But we step into this day and we step into this week, Father, in your grace and in your anointing. God, we repent. We return to you. We turn to you. We receive your life-transforming power. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. I hope you enjoyed the message. And my prayer is that you will change your world as a result of what you've heard today. If you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our weekend gatherings. And don't forget to follow us on social media. Peace.